It's time once again for another episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Being brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. And now, here's your host for today's episode. All right, Rich Casanova here sitting in the driver's seat for another exciting episode of the Buckhead Business Show being brought to you and sponsored by the Buckhead Business Association. And uh, this is a great show. We've been in the works for kicking this round for a while. Um, had a member, had a conversation with uh, one of the uh, members of the Buckhead Business Association um, about their organization. And it's going to be a free-flowing open panel, a little different format uh, as we normally do. So, uh, George uh, Rathman, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Rich. Glad to be here. Finally, right? Yes. <laughs> We've been kicking this round for a while. Oh, yeah. So we're very excited. So uh, let's do an um, intro to you, and we'll uh, have you uh, then explain a little bit about the uh, TAB and your, your organization here in Atlanta and throughout the country, um, as well as then we'll introduce our guest uh, joining us in the studio. So first up, as we mentioned, um, George, you're the owner and CEO of TAB Atlanta Central, over 25 years of business experience in retail operations, and also NCAA, NCAA Division One Athletics Administration, as well as Consumer Goods Finance. Um, you've been doing all that? Yes, I have. Yeah, I've kind of jumped around. It's been great. I've been very fortunate. It's, it's an interesting mix, which we'll learn about in here in just a minute. But um, you're also a uh, ICF and IPEC certified professional coach who partners with business leaders to realize their full potential while finding time, money, and freedom. Man, that's the holy grail right there. Yes, it is. That's what our goal is. Yes. They must love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as a professional business career development and transition coach, George has a passion to help others obtain. And if you've ever met George, you you feel his passion when you walk in the room, right? And when you when you walk out, it's like, what happened? <laughs> I <appreciate laughs> well, what just that, happened? Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, as we mentioned, uh, your passion to help others obtain the vitality and success they desire in order to maintain or make their lives uh, more manageable and enjoyable. You also specialize in human resources and talent talent management operations, with additional experience in NCA. Uh, Division One Athletics, as we mentioned, and also the um, financial or finance consumer goods. So, welcome to the show, and um, tell us a little bit about uh, this tab, this organization. Well, thank you first, Rich, for having us here this morning. We're, we're looking forward to it. And the Alternative Board has been around for 25 years. It's an international organization, and here in Metro Atlanta, we actually have four different owners of tab boards. Okay. And so, what we do is um, we help business owners try to ride their bike straighter down the road. And by that, what I mean is if you think about the front tire being the personal vision and the back tire being the company vision, how is that back tire powering you to where you want to go? So how are you staying as lined as you can? And so in two, we do that two ways with the alternative board. One is we bring those business owners together regularly on a monthly basis and facilitate a meeting where they can tap into each other's wisdom, experience, expertise to solve problems, gaps, issues, or challenges in their business. And that's with or without training wheels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> without Others training wheels. Off, yeah. well, with some people, they may need the training wheels for a while, you know. Our goal is to have them taken off. <laughs> nice. Yes. All right. So uh, well said. And let's just uh, formally introduce our guest here in the studio, and then we'll jump things uh, right into the show and, and turn things over to George. So um, first up, uh, Kim uh, Bocero. Did I say that right? Yes. Been practicing right. all morning. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So you're an entrepreneur. I checked out your website. It's very uh, interesting and a different spin on things. You've worked in the real estate and telecommunication fields for over 10 years, but you've recently uh, helped Tiny House Atlanta become a nonprofit and a, uh, as a board member, and you're working to make tiny houses um, a legal and permanent housing solution in Georgia. 
yes, exactly. Um, so I'll be interested to find out um, there's challenges with what zoning and so forth with that? Or? Yes, definitely. Um, every jurisdiction has different zoning codes and building codes that regulate what you can or cannot build. And so Tiny House Atlanta is, again, a nonprofit dedicated to educating and advocating for microstructures, um, houses maybe smaller than approximately 500 feet. Right. So we help folks navigate what the existing codes are, educate um, just the general public about what a tiny house is and what that can mean. Um, and and um, we're also working with couple municipalities about maybe adopting a ordinance specifically for tiny houses. So we're well, having those discussions. And if it doesn't fit the code, they're on wheels. You can just move it to another zip code, right? Yeah, <laughs> <I've>, exactly. <I've, laughs> I can't technically live in them right, in right. a lot of places. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you founded uh, Georgia Tiny Rentals, a company uh, that allows people to experience what it is to, li- to live tiny. And your 269-square-foot tiny house debuts at the Pont City Market uh, here April 21st and the 22nd, available for tailgating, weekend getaways, special events. Uh, maybe almost those people that have, have thought about it but not really uh, ready to come on board can kind of um, take a test spin in the tiny house. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, we founded Georgia Tiny Rentals as a separate company, separate from Tiny House Atlanta, so that we can do just that, let people experience what it is to stay tiny. So if yeah. they're thinking about living tiny, they can take it just for a night or a weekend, and you well, can bring it anywhere. I think the only person that wouldn't be on board with that was uh, Trump. He li- everything's big <laughs> with Trump. <Yeah. laughs> but we'll move away from politics real quick here. Yeah. So, um, so welcome to the show. And also joining us as a panel in the studio is Andy Siegel of Siegel Insurance. You're a Atlanta native, 30 years in the business, a UGA risk management graduate, president of Independent Insurance Agency of, uh, Agents of Georgia, Family-owned business, uh, second generation. Correct. Uh, my dad started the agency in '64. Wow! And you just uh, stepped st- uh, stepped right in, and uh, after I got all the educational knowledge, then I learned the practical knowledge being in the business. Okay, and you're also a board member of the Jewish uh, Federation of Georgia Atlanta for three years. Greater Atlanta, right? Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Greater Atlanta, and a past board member of Help Me with the Synagogue. Ahavat Achim. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, I've been practicing my um, uh, Italian, but uh, that's the only lesson I've taken so far. So, uh, But you're also the past board member of the Jewish Family and Career Services for four years. Correct. And uh, more currently, you're the president of Independent Agents of Georgia, uh, board member for 20 years. So you're definitely a subject matter expert. Uh, I wanted to get involved in the industry I'm in and give back, and it's also a great way to meet people. And being a native Atlantan, every time I run into a new situation, I always see somebody I know or somebody who knows somebody in my family right. or somebody we insure that I haven't met yet. Uh, We'll definitely hear more from you as we continue the panel discussion. And finally, our third guest joining us in the studio, Steve Rothschild, is a 1976 honor graduate of Babson College, Boston, Massachusetts, with a degree in accounting and finance. Over 38 years, um, he's been working as a certified public accountant and certified financial planner, specializing in financial tax and business operation issues. Uh, You're also a member of the several international network of consulting and CPA firms. Uh, What are some of those folks? Um, the international uh, organizations are? Well, the international organizations are designed to supplement what we try and do for uh, people that seek our help, which is to uh, grow their business, uh, solve problems, and a lot of times, just like anything else, if you've got collaboration, you can get new ideas, and from new ideas, you get better solutions. We do international business radio as a spotlight episode. We may bring you in on that. 
All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, and so your goal uh, there is to make a significant difference in your bottom and folks' bottom line, ease operations, um, and increase the value of customer business. Welcome to the uh, Buckhead Business Show. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. Absolutely. With that having been said, George, I'm turning the passing the baton, the microphone over to you. Ready? And we're set, ready to go. go. Let's All do right. it. All right. So uh, Kim, you had mentioned that something had come up recently that you would like to seek some feedback from Steve and Andy on. Sure. So the topic that I've got is really coming into this new realm of Georgia Tiny Rentals and Tiny House Atlanta. We've got a lot of folks who are interested in what we do, a lot of opportunities that I'm evaluating in terms of meeting with different people. Um, and really the feedback I'd like is just when when you all are looking at, at new business opportunities and new prospects and and I guess just different options you know how to how to basically evaluate them and and prioritize time management you know this is for me it's it's a really a new a new world it's not telecom which I'm very accustomed to or real estate so I don't have a rubric yet for evaluating these different opportunities so just any sort of insights that you guys have from your industries on you know managing from a cost and and time perspective you know how to how to pursue different opportunities. And so, Steve and Randy, what clarifying questions do you have for Kim before we get into offering her some insights? Well, the biggest thing that people need to do when they're in any business is to develop systems, and that will help you with your time management. If you look at, um, and I'm a real, put it down on paper, what are your what do you want to do what do you want to accomplish and then you look at the opportunities that are presenting yourself to you what you can do is first of all you can allocate your time based on are these going to hit what i'm trying to do and it allows you to have a a retrospective viewpoint of what you're looking at before it comes up so you can say yeah, this sounds interesting, but right now this isn't what I really want want to focus on. So at that point in time, we can uh, I can I'll delegate half the time or allocate, I should say, half the time uh that I would normally do to this to maybe explore it or you might say this is something on the back burner I can read about. So to see if that is something I want to put on my burner. So it's having that kind of system in play, which I think would help you uh, immensely in in uh, going through the the various opportunities that you see and say, do I want to do something with this or do I want to just pass it on? Okay. Sure. So one thing that Steve's mentioning there is systems. What about you, Andy? You know, one of the reasons I joined TAB was to be able to work on my business, not just in my business. I can do all the day-to-day stuff very well, but taking a step back and looking at the future and the big picture is hard to do for me. And that's where you're having to spend your time, Kim, as to how to set this up and manage it appropriately and, like Steve said, allocate the right time to uh, make it productive exactly. and profitable. Yeah, and some of it's just navigating new waters. Again, it's it's a new business, new new industry, so... Yeah, you mentioned the zoning issues before, and we've talked about this in the past, but you, know, you never think of these things as the average consumer. Right. But you're limited into which jurisdictions will allow you to even place the homes on properties, which I had no idea about. And yeah. 
Well, that's helpful. So with both Andy and, and Steve, when you have looked at your business and, and taking it somewhere new, what have, besides systems, what else have you explored that may be helpful to Kim uh, from an experience of maybe you tried something, it didn't work out well, or you, you maybe one of your, another business owner that you know tried something that worked out well as they were trying to, to, to go through this stage of, of new business development? Well, I think one of the things that I've learned is that uh, when you go into a bit when you go into a business uh, or a new area that you have um, you use the experience that you've gotten in the past to guide you so that you can kind of have like mile markers on the road so that you can say, man, I've kind of been down here before. Maybe this is how we ought to approach it and also how you want to deal with it and use that experience to guide you as to how you want to deal with things that come up. So, and a lot of that is, I think some of it is you've got to have it intuitive, but some of it you ought to probably have something in terms of a general notes in terms of how you want with an idea how you kind of a standard way that you want to proceed through the um that you want to proceed with dealing with the issue or dealing with the opportunity and i think that'll help okay andy what about yourself uh somebody's probably done something like this before somewhere and i try not to reinvent the wheel and finding out how it happened in other states how other companies may have started uh, what you're doing, you know, if you're the very first one, it's tough. But there has to be somebody out there who you can follow in their footsteps, see what they did wrong, and not make those mistakes. Yeah, great idea. Okay. So Steve had mentioned, uh, you know, setting up the process and then even within the process how to standardize that. Andy had mentioned where you can possibly reach out to other people who have been transitioned, especially nonprofits, to find out what they have done when you have demands coming at you. And, and limited resources, <laughs> and, and yet still trying to, to meet the need of uh, the great cause that you're going after. Exactly. Okay. Fantastic. And so when you look at those, which one you know resonates with you as far as something uh, to look into a little bit further? Well, we're definitely looking at reaching out to some other nonprofits. We have, that's actually some meetings that we've got coming up here that will be very helpful to kind of learn from, from their mistakes also. I, I guess we're struggling right now to put that system that Steve mentioned into place just because it's, I think it's going to be a, a learning, a learning game. You know, test test some things out, see how they work, see what time um, constraints are, are involved, and and just kind of put together what Andy had mentioned um, off air as a, a to don't list. You know, even if we're not sure exactly what what our best priorities are in, in certain circumstances, we'll know what doesn't line up with our mission or what isn't cost um, cost or time effective to pursue um, over other opportunities. So kind of forming that to-don't list, if you will. Okay. Excellent. And then I know um, I think we have time for, um, for another uh, topic here. Steve, you had mentioned uh, something in your business that you'd like some feedback on. Yes. Um, I am going into a new niche market. Um, auto dealerships, and I am looking at ways that I can effectively expand my business in this venue. Um, 
I have joined several trade associations and, and become involved so that I can um, obviously be at the right place at the right time. And I'm also going to be at a an exhibitor at one of the conventions that's being held. Um, I'd like to have some input on from y'all of what you think good ways for me to expand into this area are. And so, Kim and uh, Andy, what uh, additional questions may you have for Steve around uh, his marketing exploration? Um, well, in regards to the exhibitor for the conference that you're going to be involved in, what exactly are you, do you will you have a table? What will your involvement in that conference be? It's going to be, it's on a, it's a weekend event, and it's only for the people in the trade association. And you have a table, and you sit down, and you're obviously going to shake hands and meet a lot of people. And the thing I know in business, it's meeting the right kind of people. I do a lot of things, but there's certain things that I want to focus on for people that's different than maybe somebody else who's in the same business. Okay. Okay. You want to look at are unique accounting rules and regulations to the auto industry. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are things specific as there are in the insurance industry, and that might be something you can bring your expertise in to help these members. Mm-hmm. You know, being a relationship-type business, you know, yours, mine, personal services, uh, finding people you know who uh, can help connect you with the right uh, people at these events would also help. So I guess looking at it that way, uh, how to differentiate yourself in this industry of what you can bring given your your knowledge in this Mm -hmm. area. Um, What else did you see, Kim, as far as asking a clarifying question or suggestions to Steve? So I'm sorry, just one more clarifying question. Sure. Mm -hmm. So with the conference, the association, is it an auto association or just a general, more of a CPA? No, it's an association. It's a trade association. It's my credentials as a CPA is just extra it's not anything in uh that that it's directed strictly towards somebody in a accounting or finance profession okay perfect so you're probably going to be one of not many accountants or cpas there to provide yeah exactly that expertise. okay so focusing on that and leveraging what what benefits you can offer them you know from your table to really identify a hook um and going into the conference Obviously, looking at what what you're trying to walk away from, you know, what is your what is your goal to obtain from the folks that you meet at that conference? Um, I think is something that should be a big a big focus when you're planning for it. Yeah, and find a way to connect with them while you're there to be able to follow up when the event is over. Oh yes, oh yes. We recently did a trade show last summer for real estate people and got to meet a lot of agents around town and. Uh, it was very helpful. You know, and, and Andy, you mentioned the follow-up after the trade show with uh, either what you've been in, involved with a trade show or even Kim, anything around that. What is the pre-work that you had to do that maybe will be helpful to Steve as he starts to, to think about the first step before actually getting to the trade show? Well, really, I'd say, you know, having some great materials of whatever it is that you think is your, your unique proposition. I went to a an animal rights conference a couple years ago, kind of off the wall. But 
there was an accountant there who was also a CPA and she was a financial advisor and she did services where she would analyze your portfolio and help you kind of customize whatever your current investments were to be more animal friendly. So selling off investments that were not super animal friendly and, you know, investing other companies that had better practices toward animal rights. So she was not the average table at that trade association at that conference, but she had a very specific um, product, which I was very interested in. And, and her follow up, you know, she had a great a great brochure, which just laid it out. So if she didn't have time to spend with me, she could give me the brochure. I'd know exactly what she had to offer. And then her follow-up afterwards was phenomenal. I mean, she sent a you know, customized email, um, I think, within 48 hours. So it gave me enough time to decompress. But, you know, prompt follow-up was really helpful, and I, I utilized her services. So. so, yeah, so what she did there, she definitely differentiated herself yes. from everybody else that was in that room who was offering some sort of financial or accounting service. Right. Yeah, and it, it hooked you yes, to what you mentioned. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Most yeah. of the people there were shelters or, you know, legislative things related to animal rights, so it was very unique. But okay, yeah, we've all been to trade shows, and you walk past the booths, you grab one of the premiums they're giving away. But you know, if you get ten percent engagement with people going through there, I think that would be successful. Definitely. Right. I, I know it's not about the numbers of people; it's the also the quality of people. Okay. So with what uh, Kim and Andy shared, Steve, what are some things that you could take away as far as next steps possibly as you start to think about preparing for this trade show and and how to market your services? I think most important um, is that I've got to have a message that's poignant. Um, And it's not just hypothetically talking about somebody's tax return or financial statement, but actually drilling down into the depths of, of, of what that means and bring out to people how that can make a difference in their life because you've got to bring it, you've got to make it personal. You've got to, because the one thing Kim mentioned, it's an emotional, most people do business on the basis of emotion and you've got, you've got to drill down into that so that you can get the need that's going to drive that. I think that's going to be the key in terms of being successful. Yeah, getting into the emotional piece and into what uh, Andy had mentioned, just how you're starting off the relationship right there. And, you know, the, the giveaway is nice, but that's so very transactional. How can you really focus in and, and make that connection with people with the, the differentiator that you're going to offer to them right. in this industry? So Correct. And uh, do we have time for another? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Andy, something in your business that you'd like some uh, feedback for from, uh, from Kim and Steve? Well, one of the things that, uh, you know, the agency, insurance agency has been around for 50 years, and we provide great service to our clients, but I'm trying to change our culture a little bit from just focusing primarily on service, I and mean, that's still our strong point, but to also add in a sales culture and changing that dynamic a little bit to take advantage of opportunities and relationships and uh, people that we know in the community. Okay. So, Kim, Steve? Some additional clarifying questions with Andy around how he's transitioning his culture and although very focused on service, how to transition and bring in more of the sales aspect. Have you thought about an incentive program for the folks that are working in the business uh, to do that? Because a lot of people think sales is all about talking and kind of being braggadocious, and that's not really what it's about. It's It's... A part, a part of 
everyday life, and people don't realize how unnatural when it's a true sales process that can be. Are you giving people incentives to develop that and to do that within your organization? Probably not as much as I should. Okay. I've got a great service team that talks to clients every day, but we're not fully reaching out to the clients and letting them know other products we offer they may not be aware of. And there probably should be some incentives in that area. So could would it be reasonable? One of the things to do is to, when you talk to your folks, is to say, look, I think I want you to bring out one idea to everyone you talk to. And again, I'm not trying to make this an absolute, but on a general rule, one way that you can reach out to people that's above and beyond Okay. Okay. Thanks. Well, one thing I would suggest is to really communicate with your team and try to identify what motivates them. You know, every team is is a bit different. If your culture has previously been mostly service oriented, customer satisfaction, um, they're not necessarily going to have the the sales kind of drive that some sales teams might have so if you identify you know does competition motivate them does you know a financial bonus motivate them does you know some sort of team building party motivate them try to identify what what's going to motivate your team before you put in place a particular incentive plan or whatnot i would definitely recommend that one thing might be to even have like a an optional book club type thing where you recommend a sales book like Jeffrey Gitmer's, you know, Little Red Book of Selling or something like that that can kind of engage them as a group and they can kind of read it together, have, you know, company time where they can discuss. I'm not sure, um, you know, if that applies to your team, if they'd be interested in something like that, but it might be a way to kind of do a little bit of team building and start to learn that culture together um, or whatever book, you know, suits, mm-hmm. suits your form might be an idea. Yeah, I've learned that my service team has a great service p- profile, but some aren't always as good at selling and feel uncomfortable in that area. So I've right. got to work with that and how to reward them. Definitely. Appropriately. Kind of informing them, so building building up their skills. And so just real quickly here, um, with Andy, with what you heard from Steve as far as uh, the incentive program, and then with Kim, you know, looking at what motivates and even having some sort of book club what is the takeaway that you have that you could look at and, and we could talk about during our next coaching session? Well, one of the things we are doing is a team building exercise next month as, the, as an office during the day and getting out and just getting to know each other better and support each other in a personal way, not just the you know, inside the office way. Awesome. Okay. All right. Just want to remind our listeners you're listening to the Buckhead Business Shows brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association. This is a, a spotlight episode on the alternative board tab. And uh, so we're going to go around table just to uh, wind things down here and ask each guest um, a couple of questions. One, um, what's a challenge in your business? Uh, what's a good day look like for you? And then finally, um, what's the point of contact for each of you? So how would listeners get in touch with you and find out about your product services? Um, give out your website, social media, phone number, home address, social security number, whatever you want to give out, <laughs> except for the tidy house. I don't know if you have a home address of that keeps moving around. <laughs> it's yeah, mobile. <laughs> It's mobile, yeah. So, uh, so George, why don't you start things off? So a good day, and what's a challenge for you and what point of contact? Uh, a great day for me is when it's, it's a coaching session, uh, when you're working with someone, asking a lot of questions and bringing out inside of them to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Nothing more rewarding in the world. Um, what's a challenge? Uh, 
A challenge is, for me is uh, business development. Okay. Uh, that is, this is something new to me as, a, you know, being in corporate America. Right. Um, so this is definitely a different thing for me. So. Okay. And how would folks find out about you um, to reach uh, out to you? Uh, you can either uh, contact me via email at okay. george at tabatlantacentral.com. So that's T-A-B atlantacentral.com. Um, or 404-963-6699. All right. Perfect. Now, Steve. Sorry. <laughs> yes, uh, um, a good day for me is when I'm able to go out and reach out to a client through going above and beyond just doing, say, for example, a tax return. And a good example I can give you is I had a client that came to me that also has a nonprofit, and they're not using the nonprofit through looking at how they were structuring and paying transactions. They were not only having some issues with tax rules, but they weren't using the nonprofit to um, its most effect to their business. So coming up with an idea where you can go up to a client and say, you know, why aren't you doing that? And they really catch on and, and, and get something out of it, which helps them grow their business that's that's really uh that's got to be a highlight yeah when those lights go off whatever and, right uh, exactly and how would find folks find you uh people can find us uh, we're on the uh web uh com. that's our website um i also um can be reached at 404-974-3066 that's my landline at the office um, Perfect. So thanks again for uh, being on the show. And uh, Steve. Uh, Andy. Andy. I, I, I was going to correct myself. Yeah. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> Andy. I'm looking at uh, Andy and saying Steve twice. Yeah. No, my <laughs> biggest uh, I say challenge is the biggest pride I have in the day is when I help a client after a claim, whether it's a water loss, fire damage, uh, car accident. When my industry does what it's supposed to do and puts someone back to whole, that's what I'm most proud of. Uh, challenges are the changing consumer the social media side of things, the way people communicate. Uh, email has become urgent. Right. Uh, people will email or communicate that way rather than calling. Right. So uh, you know, we're adapting, uh, dealing electronically with paperless, the paperless environment, uh, electronic signatures. Yeah. We're keeping up and trying to stay ahead of the game. And tr- really trying to identify what's their preferred method of communication, right? Because uh, each client's a little bit different, but we are going all pretty much digital. Right. Most clients prefer email, yeah. but... Email gets caught in spam filters, yeah, so they're mad at you for sending stuff they don't get. And, and you don't know if they got it, if they didn't reply, or they right. open it. And so then... we follow up pretty well, but okay, uh, we check on things. We send things securely. You know, insurance has applications are very confidential, Absolutely. so we go through secure email, and we're doing all we can to keep someone's trust. And how would folks uh, find you? Uh, our website. Andy. Yes. <laughs> our website is Siegel, S-I-E-G-E-L, insurance.com, and the office number, 404-633-6332. All right. And uh, ladies, um, what you wrap things up here for us? All right. Well, my great day is is any day right now working with tiny houses. It's just it's a passion project for me. You know, when we look at the average size of houses in America right now being close to twenty five hundred square foot feet, the um, the idea of 
250 square feet, maybe one-tenth of that potentially becoming a new standard in in America is really exciting for me. Just the sustainable aspects of it just gets me really excited. So any day working with tiny houses is a good day. The challenge is just balancing it and managing everything. Its movement is growing so fast. Keeping up with it um, doesn't seem like there's enough time in the day to get everything done. Um, you should just put your tiny house right in front of Ikea, right? You go in there, and they have like a 300-square-foot, and you walk in, there's like everything you need right there. Yeah, they've got a couple rooms. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah if, if you're interested in, in finding us, I've got the tinyhouseatlanta.com website. That's our nonprofit. Again, if you're interested in trying to stay tiny, georgiatinyrentals.com or gatinyrentals.com is that website. And you can also find us on Facebook for both of those companies. And my email is kim, K-I-M, at gatinyrentals.com. And Kim, I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite quotes, which you can steal because I stole it from somewhere else. But uh, it says, um, uh, uh, what is it, to to elevate? No, um, now I lost my train of thought there. (laughs) Um, uh, Simplify life. To elevate purpose. I love that. Right? Simplify yeah. life. Because we got so much clutter going on and chaos and mm-hmm. nine-bedroom homes, and you, you're in two of them, right? Yep. And uh, outdoor kitchens and kitchens on the roof. And But simplify life to elevate purpose. Uh, all right, so another great episode of the Buckhead Business Show being brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us and our guests on the Pro Business Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association.